On my way to Bootsy Bellow with hella the hoes Try and think what I'ma tell them when they get alone I'm a glutton for women I shouldn't yearn for Shouldn't be tempted, but baby, I like to hurt Or maybe cause I was searching, I found me the perfect person But me and her didn't work out, she buried what you work for And I carry the bitterness of a colonel Now, Jerry and shit, my Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and I know you're probably wondering why you're dropping this on Tuesday. I mean, on a Thursday. First of all, I was out of town Tuesday and Wednesday, um, and I didn't want to drop a podcast this week because, as you may or may not know, I have a little OCD about my timing. So I usually drop Tuesdays. If I couldn't drop a two, if I couldn't drop on Tuesday, I didn't want to do it this week. But then I sat back and thought, this is probably the biggest weekend. I'm mean, probably biggest. This is probably the biggest two weeks in like DC sports history. So I had to, you know, I had to drop the podcast. But again, this is the unpopular podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I'm gonna start off with the biggest, the Mystics one. Uh, the Mystics won the first ever WNBA championship behind uh, Elena Deladon, Emma Mieseman, uh, uh Chrissy Tolliver winning her second, actually. So, you know, it was, you know, I was watching it. And first of all, shouts out to the Connecticut Sun for doing, uh, you know, a hell of a series. Um, but when I was watching it, I was like, yo. I remember I remember talking. I had a couple people on a while ago. Uh, uh, my man Rob, uh, I think Langston and, and uh, Jarrell on, we were talking about DC sports. And we all said that we think the Mystics will be the next team out of DC to ever win a championship. We didn't know when, but we did see the trajectory of the team. We saw, you know, Elena Deladon was doing her thing. She just dealt with injuries a lot. We saw some of the moves that they were making and we thought it was gonna be them. We didn't know when, but we thought it was gonna be them. And, it, it, you know, watching it, it was just like a surreal moment, man. Now I know people say, hey, but it's, it's women's basketball. Who cares about women's basketball? A lot of people care about women's basketball, first of all. Second of all, like, it's D.C. sports, man. It, whether you could, whether if you don't care about women's basketball or not, that's on you. That's your prerogative. You do your thing. But I wouldn't look at it as women's sports as much as I would look at it as this is D.C. sports. Nobody talks about the, the, the Washington Valor winning even though they only won three games that season, but every team is eligible for the playoffs and they won. Nobody talks about, oh, it's just arena football. No, they, they say it's DC sports. You know, so at this point, you have the arena football team that won, you have the Capitals that won, I think, two years ago, and then you have the, um, the Mystics. So don't look at it as female, look at it as you're, you're supporting DC, you know what I mean? This is the first time in the Mystics franchise history, not only did they make it to the uh, WNBA Finals, they won it. And again, man, I, I, shouts out to them. I was extremely excited. I was watching it, man. I was like, yo, it's, this is about to happen. 
and when they started pulling away in the fourth quarter, I said, yo, this is it, man. I was excited. I was grinning from teeth to teeth, from teeth to teeth, from, from cheek to cheek. Man, it, and the cool thing about it is we, the, the Mystics won, not because they had the best player, because Elena Deladon, while she was the best player, you know, she did win the MVP that, uh, this season. She, she wasn't, she was injured, you know, she had three herniated discs in her back. Of course, she had the, the, the mask, the face mask, um, and she had a knee problems. So she was banged up. Um, but we really won due to depth, you know, when you have Natasha Cloud doing her thing, when you have uh, people coming off the bench to steady steady the unit because you know there were times when I was looking at Natasha Cloud there were times when I was looking at Chrissy Tolliver like yo you're kind of shooting us out these, this game dog what are you doing and then you know you have Emma Meeson coming off the bench to 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 to, to, to calm things down you have um what's her name Ariel Powers comes off the bench to, to calm things down. Uh, Ariel Atkins was really good. Like, there was so... Every, everybody came together to... Everybody came together at the right time. Even Shatora, uh, Shatoria Walker uh, did really well. So, you know, when, when, you, when you talk about and you look at the mystics... It was just a it was just a surreal surreal moment surreal season, so again, shouts out to the Mystics and and hopefully we get to run it back. Like I said, a lot of the players are returning, um, and the depth that we had last year we will have uh, depth that we had this year we will have next year. So again, hopefully we run it back. But shouts out to the Washington Mystics for winning their first WNBA championship. And sticking with D.C. sports, we can move on to the MLB and the Washington Nationals, who right now are waiting the winner of the Yankees and the Astros to play in the World Series. You know, it, what a time to be alive, man, because you can look around, like I was looking. We kind of dominated <laughs> the the. Um, not only did we really dominate, we dominated the Dodgers and we kind of dominated the St. Louis Cardinals, especially with our pitching. Now, every, a lot of things have been said about our um, historically bad bullpen. We, you know, they talk about all the players that, you know, aren't really contributing this that, and third. We still don't like in the playoffs. We still don't have a strong bullpen. I do understand that. But what I do know is right now we have a historically great pitching lineup from Corbin to Strasburg to Matt Scherzer. We have, or we have been playing, histor or, or pitching historically. Historically good, by the way. So, you know, watching the Nationals, I was, you know, I was watching the last game, you know, game four of the NL NLCS, NLCS. And I looked at the score, it was 0-0. I said, all right, cool. Let me run to the store. Let me run to 7-Eleven. Go get me a green tea and come back. 
I come back. Now, granted, 7-Eleven is literally five or literally three minutes away driving, a three-minute drive. Run in, get some green tea, come back. I come back. The score is zero to five. And still in the first inning, I say, yo, what happened? And then at that point, the, the avalanche is on. You know, it gets up to 7-0. Seven, uh, seven and I was just like, yo, this, this, this is a moment for D.C. sports. Last week, the Washington Mystics won. This week, the, the Nationals, the Nationals don't even have to win at all. The Nationals made it, to the, the, made it to the World Series the first time in an 86-year history of the Nationals. They made it to the World Series. Again, I don't care if they win it or not. Them making it is so huge, especially the turmoil they had, like I said, with the bullpen. The turmoil they had with uh, losing Bryce Harper. And I, you know, a lot of people thought, wow, you lose. And, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little skeptical too. When you lose a talent like Bryce Harper, I'm like, yo, like you lose someone like that, how are you, you going to be like formidable? Lo and behold, we're in the national, we're in the World Series. So, I want to shout out to the Mystics. I want to shout out to the 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 Washington Nationals. Who I'm not. We're gonna look. You know, if we don't win, I don't care at this point. I'm not saying I don't care because I don't care about the sport. I don't care because I'm excited that we even made it to the World Series. Because a lot of people, again, we finished. What it was like. No, we started, it was like, we were 19 and 31. I think we became the fourth team ever to make it to the World Series after starting well below 500. So, I want, again, I want to shout out to the Mystics for winning the national, for WNBA championship. I want to shout out to uh, the Washington Nationals for making it to the World Series. And and the good and, and one last thing I'll say about the Mystics is good that majority of the players that's on the Mystics played or either from the DMV or played for the DMV, played for University of Maryland or played for uh, a school in DC or Maryland. So you know it, it, it's it's a good feeling, man. It is a good feeling living in the in the in the in in the DMV right now. Now. I hope you know. I wish that the Wizards and the 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 Redskins would take shape and 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 get on board. But you know, right now that might be a little too much to ask. But speaking of Wizards, actually, we can talk about this now. Bradley Beal signed a four-year extension <clears throat> worth one hundred and thirty million. Now, I believe after two years, that's when the player option hit. And if he declines after two years, he uh, after if he declines after two years, he can. I think his contract, if he if he negotiate the contract, it'll be worth like two hundred and twenty six million dollars, which would be the richest contract in the NBA history. Now I believe that's in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two or something like that. But as of right now. Bradley Bill is locked up for two more years in the nation's capital. This is big for a couple reasons. One, because, and, I, and I'm gonna be real, I've been a John Wall fan for the longest. Uh, I've been a John Wall fan since Kentucky. I'm a North Carolina fan, but I, I, I mean, we saw that Kentucky team with John Wall, 
uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe. That 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 team was crazy. So when we got John Wall, I was excited, man. I, you know, he was a, a a fast, athletic point guard that can get on to get both ends of the court extremely. It was it was it was excitement in in DC. But one thing I do know is I'm a realist, and John Wall hasn't hasn't been exactly what we need. He hasn't really worked on his jump shot, um, and he's dealt with injuries. Uh, I don't think I was talking to somebody last night. I don't know if John Wall comes back and plays like not only develops a jump shot, but plays like the like the old John Wall, as in athletic, springy. Um, you know, able to see people, uh, you know, court vision crazy, then we could be something. It's just we need to make good moves with payroll, as in we have to get good contracts in, we have to get good contracts out. Uh, but the, the hard part about that is John Wall is coming off one of the worst injuries that a, 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 not, not only just a basketball player can sustain, but a point guard at that especially an athletic point guard. So expecting John Wall to come back and be the same is kind of crazy. But one thing I do know is that we just locked up Bradley Bill. And Bradley Bill, if you ask me, is like the second best, and we're just talking about pure position, second best shooting guard in the league right now. Now, of course, he's not better than James Harden, but I I don't really I can't I can argue that Bradley Bill is the second best shooting guard in the league. So when you when when you have a player like like Bradley Bill that wants to stay and and get the extension, you know, he he can be the building block that we need. Maybe not this year like I say cuz once John Wall's contract uh gets a little a little lighter as in in years, I'm not saying that because it, it raises in money, but decreasing years. Once that, once we can do something with either see if John Wall comes back uh, completely healthy or move off of John Wall, then I think we can start building the pieces. And I think Ted Leonis uh, and the management needs to not only get a new coach in, and I'm not saying you should fire Scott Brooks, but I think you need a coach that isn't. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not saying Scott Brooks is scared of confrontation. But he is not a confrontational coach. And I'm not saying you need a coach that's all up in your face, always yelling 100,000% I'm not, or 100,000 times a day. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need a coach that is willing to call you out on what you're doing wrong as well as what you're doing right and able to work with you and, and help you be the best player that you can be. I think that the Wizards are have been missing that for the longest. Because if you look at Scott Brooks, Scott Brooks wasn't even like that in OKC, and that was a, that was one of the demise of OKC. He wasn't able to rein in the the personalities of Russell Westbrook. He wasn't able to rein in the personalities of Kevin Durant who doesn't really have a, a rah-rah personality, but when you have someone like Westbrook, you need to know how to rein him in. Scott Brooks wasn't able to do that, especially even with James Harden. Wasn't able to do that. And because of that, there was always a ceiling on OKC. Oh, yes, they made it to one finals, but with a team with 
Kevin Durant and, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you gave up James Harden, but with a team with at least those two, you should have made it to a lot more than just one Western, I mean, uh, NBA Finals. Now, yeah, I know injuries helped, you know, stop them from doing what they had to do, but even still, you have an opportunity to make it to the NBA. You have, to me, arguably one of the best offensively gifted players ever in Kevin Durant. Plus, you have one of, if not the most athletic point guard to ever grace the NBA in Russell Westbrook, and you only make it to one. I look at that as, you know, injuries help and and coaching. So I think the Wizards need a coach that isn't really scared to get in your face and tell you you the God-honest truth. Um, But with locking up Bradley Bill, he can be our, he can be our building block. You know, they, Rui Hachimura, he looks pretty good, uh, or he looked good in the preseason and in the FIBA tournament. So we'll see how he develops in the NBA. But now that you're at Bradley Beal, see what we can work with. See what we can do. We need to make some, you know, we, we can't extend. I think the reason why Bradley Beal didn't sign the extension at first, because he wanted, not only did he want to see how the season went, but he wanted to he wanted to know that management is doing everything in their power to win or at least to get better you know especially with the east being down this year again i i can only count really maybe two or three teams that are locks in the playoffs right now with the east being down is i'm not saying it's wide open to win it but at least it's wide open to make it to the playoffs so if we don't do that i don't i <laughs> And I don't know if we will make the playoffs, but I do know that extending Bradley Bill is it, it steps in the right direction, hopefully. Hopefully management doesn't mess this up or hopefully, you know, something we don't something doesn't happen in the foreseeable future that could derail it. But again, I shouts out to the Wizards, shouts out to Bradley Bill for getting his money. And hopefully this you know, like I said, the Mystics winning in the, the, the Nationals in the World Series. Hopefully this starts a, a I guess, a trickle-down effect to the Wizards, to the Redskins. And I, I don't know how long it's going to take for the Redskins or the Wizards at that. But, again, what a time to be alive. What a time to be in the D, DMV area. Shouts out to that. Um, and before I move on to football, one topic I want to talk about that, I, I have not seen a lot of people talk about, which is very unfortunate and very, well, it's not confusing because I kind of understand, but Simone, Simone Biles became, and, and I also want to talk about this now because I don't want it to get buried in the episode. I don't want to just talk about it last. Some people might not stay till the end. No. Simone Biles became the all-time leader in medals, surpassing, I believe, uh, Michael Phelps. And actually, I think she's a lot more than Michael Phelps, but she became the all-time leader in, in Olympic medals. And people were upset with her because she smelled her roses. She was like, I, yes, I'm a, I'm a great player. I, I train really hard. I do what I have to do. Um, I practice, and with me practicing, I am built for this moment. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, have, you know, like, you know, you have to be humble and you have to be this, that, and the third. Look, 
Simone Biles is an African-American woman, and, 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 and quite as kept, she is one of the most dominant athletes of all time. When we talk about athletes, a lot of people forget how dominant, not forget, a lot, when we're talking about the most dominant athletes ever, a lot of people like to leave out Serena Williams, who is pretty much is still, the even after she uh, had a kid, uh, she, she loses in a couple of finals back to back, she's still the face of women's tennis because how much she dominated it her entire career. When I think of tennis, not even just women's tennis, to me, she's the face of tennis. Not, uh, yeah, you have Roger Federer, you have uh, Novak, you have um, Nadal, Nadal, but when I think of tennis, I think of Serena Williams. Just how much, how, how, how much she changed it culturally and how much she uh, dominated. And now when I think of gymnastics, I think of Simone Biles. Simone Biles, like I said, is one of the most dominant players or dominant athletes to ever grace the world. And the fact that you're expecting her to be like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's okay. No, sometimes you have to smell. You work. I, I can only imagine how hard these athletes work. So the fact that you expect her to be like, ah, nah, it was cool. No, sometimes you want to smell the roses. Sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. I put in the work. I know I'm great. And that's what she said. Sometimes as a woman, you have to be like, you, you have to be okay with, okay, I'm good. Okay, I'm great. That's what she is. There's no, yeah, I can say she is the most dominant, one of the most dominant athletes ever, men or female. But the fact that she says it is a problem, like, you know, it's, it's like we don't want, we, we want to continue to hamper uh, emotions when it comes to Af especially African-American athletes and and I don't think that's right and I don't I don't think I think if you all remember in the national in the uh, WMA finals I mean WNBA in the NBA finals uh, I think two or three years ago when LeBron James came out in a press conference and said I'm not worried because I'm the best player in the world and nobody said anything and lost the next game like nobody said anything about that they were just like well LeBron James is right Simone Biles pretty much said the same thing after winning and people came on her neck so this double standard thing is crazy but I will I, I don't know I know she probably ain't listening it is what it is but I want to give Simone Biles her credit she is one of the most dominant athletes of all time not yes at her at her young age and her 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 miniature stature she's one of the greatest athletes of all time so shouts out simone biles to becoming for becoming the all-time leader in olympic gold medal or not gold but an olympic medals i don't know i don't know if it's gold medals but olympic medals so that's something that i wanted to say i didn't want it to get buried in you know or or be the last thing i say i wanted that to you know shouts out to her uh so moving on to the NFL, uh, Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Rams. Um, as we know, Jalen Ramsey, uh, he he asked for a trade. He asked for a trade um, or demanded a trade from Jacksonville. So Jalen Ramsey demanded a trade from Jacksonville, and a lot of people were saying, you know, he said that the 
bridge was burned between him and management. Um, some hurtful things were said or some disrespectful things were said. And he's wanting to get out of there. So with Jalen Ramsey, and, and then he started using all of his sick days. He started using all of his uh, PTO. And, and I'm not saying that he wasn't sick. I'm not saying any of that. But, you know, then he said uh, that, you know, he, he, he had back, pro like his back was hurting, so he didn't practice. He missed a game. Then he had the birth of his child that he wanted to go to, which I completely understand that. He didn't go. And then he just, he, he wasn't reporting to, to the team. And I think that he did report to practice, I think, yesterday or two days ago. But then he gets traded to the Rams. Um, and this is great for both teams. It's great for the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only because they were able to get Jalen Ramsey out of the locker room. I'm not, I'm not saying that to say he's a toxic person. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is when you, when you have somebody that doesn't want to be there or you have somebody that doesn't want to be a part of what you're doing anymore, which is completely fine, his energy can rub off on other people or the energy of him not wanting to be there can rub off on other people. Um, you know, it, it can be infectious. So you want that. And I'm, and I'm not saying he's a cancer or anything because a lot of people like to attribute that to athletes. I don't say he's a cancer. I'm just saying once you don't want to be there and, 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 and you let that be clearly known, then it's time to move on. So, you know, him getting traded, that, that kind of lifts that energy out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Plus, they got two first-round picks for them. So they're able – I don't think they'll find someone as good as Jalen Ramsey in the draft right now, of course. But two first-round picks. We all know how coveted two first or first-round picks are in the NFL. So getting two of them for – that that's definitely a win-win for the Jaguars. And for the Rams – you're now matching two of the best defensive players on one team in Jalen Ramsey at cornerback and uh, Aaron Donald. And what we saw last year was the Rams like to go for it. And when I say go for it, you remember last year they brought in Dominican Sue, they brought in Dante Fowler, um, they brought in uh, so many pieces because they were going to go for it. And their going for it got them to the Super Bowl. No, they did not win, but they got to the Super Bowl. So their their culture is going for it. Losing, I just saw a stat, a stat. The Rams do not have a first round pick for the next five years. But that doesn't matter if, and I'm not saying they will, but that doesn't matter if they win a Super Bowl because you can have one Super Bowl and for the next five years, not make it to the playoffs, but you still have that Super Bowl under your belt. So they they got where they wanted. They got the home run piece. They got the Jalen Ramsey, who, like I said, now you have two of the best defensive players on one team, especially on a team that's been struggling not only on defense, especially the back end of the defense that's been struggling with injuries and been struggling with player personnel. So you and, and now that he's with Wade Phillips, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, that just that just enhances was already a great match. So when we talk about 
you know, going for the home run. They got the player that they needed. Now, I think they still have some issues. I mean, he's just one player, but they still have some issues. You know, they Tlaib is hurt. Um, they did get rid of Marcus Peters, did get traded to the Ravens. We'll talk about that a little bit later or talk about that in a second. But, you know, I don't think this move gets them to the Super Bowl again. I think it wins them some games, but I don't think that the Rams right now are better than the Packers. I don't think the Rams right now are better than, I'm just talking about teams in in the uh, NFC. I don't think they're better than um, the Saints. I don't think they're better than the Seahawks. I don't think they're better than uh, a couple teams actually in the in the in the C. But this does help them get a little bit closer to where they want to be, which of course is back to the Super Bowl. Um, but they they need to get some. You know, Todd Gurley's been dealing with injury uh, and and his knees. So, you know, again, this move is a win-win situation for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Rams because the Rams get the player they want and try to go for the home run again like they did last year. And the Jacksonville Jaguars not only get a player out of the locker room that didn't want to be in the locker room, but they get two first-round picks from it. So, you know, shouts out to that. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about, I I don't want to talk about no games, is... The officiating for the NFL. We saw the officiating mess up the Cowboys game, or almost mess up the Cowboys game. We saw officiating mess up Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers, a couple times actually, in the in the um the Lions. Almost every game actually, almost every game on Sunday was affected. Actually, almost every game this entire year. Almost every game, and I'm not saying every game, almost every game has been affected by the um, the officials. Um, I'm not a staunch and avid like, oh my gosh, fire everyone. I, that's not that's not me. But what I will say is this, NFL. If you care about having or putting out the best product or the best, the most entertaining thing that you can. You don't want that to be hindered by people that's not on the field. And when I say not on the field, you don't want, yes, the refs are on the field, but you don't want somebody other than a player affecting the product. And right now, the product is being affected by, other, by people other than players. I get that it's tough being a ref, and I'm not saying that you know, they should get 100% the calls right. But what I do say is if you implement a rule or implement a new cog in your organization where you can challenge things, you can challenge plays, you can challenge uh, flags, you can challenge penalties. And even when those penalties are challenged, they're still blatantly wrong? As in... You look in the you look in the monitor, you see the replay, you see exactly what we see. Yet you still get it wrong. Then you have to start looking, okay, what is going on with our product? Why is our product suffering like this? People are getting people are the worst thing that is happening right now because of the refs 
are is people are turning out. People are stop. People are not watching the NFL just because of the refs. And I'm not saying it's everyone because the NFL is still the most popular sport in the United States. But what I'm saying is, people are are starting to take notice and starting to step away from your product because of the officials. I don't know. I know I think what this year or two years ago was the first time the NFL or you know the first time the NFL finally had full-time officials. But what I'm saying is they better get together and I'm not and, and again, I'm not one of those staunch oh the officials trash, you know, get them out of there. They, they t-. look. I know everybody makes mistakes, but I do know this. They are continuing to make mistake after mistake after mistake and that is tainting your product. And the worst part is, it happens on the biggest of stages. It happens on Monday Night Football. It happens on Sunday Night Football. It happens on Thursday Night Football. And it continues to happen. Like for the Green Bay game, you, what's the name, Trey Flowers? You call Trey Flowers on two hands-to-the-face penalties that were huge that were detrimental to the Lions. But on replay, his hand was didn't even touch his face. Not once, but twice. On the Cowboys game. Now, I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. But, in, and I, but a lot of those calls were not only in Cowboys' favor, but they were helping the Cowboys until the end. And the one call that was blatantly missed was the pass interference on the two-point conversion for the Cowboys. That was blatant. That you want to call every tic-tac foul, but you don't want to call the blatant one. It's, again, NFL, this officiating problem that you officially have is, tarn- is, is tarnishing your credibility, is tarnishing your sport, is tarnishing the product that you bring in. So what I'm saying is this. You get it together, and I'm not, I'm not saying it as like, yo, my 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 way is is or the highway because I mean it is it's not, but I am saying that people are starting to take notes and people are starting to get angry, and the last thing you want is angry people that can look other places for different. Pro- like I said, the NBA season is about to start next week. Um, XFL is coming next year. Yes, I'm not saying they're going to dethrone the NFL, but what I'm saying is. If you don't get your product right, people are going to stop just tuning in just because there's nothing else to watch. That's not about to happen. So, I want to get it together. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. And last thing I am going to talk about is LeBron James and this China situation. Uh, For people that don't know or didn't listen to the podcast last week, Daryl Morey had some tweets that were in support of, I guess, freedom of speech in Hong Kong. Um, And that pretty much, that pretty much got China fired up, like, yo, what are you doing? China then uh, pulled a whole bunch of preseason games that they were supposed to have. They took down a lot of uh, player posters and and billboards that were up. they stopped negotiations with the NBA, and that's that's players included. Um, 
you know, people trying to re-up on new deals, maybe with Anta or something like that. They cut that. Um, and then LeBron James came out and was like, you know, Daryl Morey wasn't uh, educated enough in the situation. And he pretty much said, you know, Daryl Morey shouldn't have really said anything. But it kind of made it sound like he was saying it because, you know, because he threw in with financial pieces and everything. It kind of made it sound like LeBron James didn't didn't say wasn't wasn't saying Daryl Morey shouldn't have said it because of, um, you know, everybody deserves freedom of speech, even though that's what he said. But people were taking it as because he did say something about a financial piece. So people were taking it as, oh, LeBron James only cares about it because it's affecting him financially. And that's what it did sound like on the, you know, when he said it. Uh, and people were killing LeBron. I, you know, Fox News was talking about LeBron James sides with China and money over the United States. People were coming at LeBron's neck. And one thing I can say is it, it did sound like LeBron James misspoke or didn't articulately iterate what he wanted to. But I also know this. LeBron James is probably the face of change and activism in the NBA. Uh, His track record is almost untouched when it comes to the impact and change that he's done in people's lives and the social change, the, 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 the cause that he's willing to speak out for. I mean, hell, the man has a whole school, an entire school that he opened. Um, he has been very vocal about the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, he has a platform called Uninterrupted, which, you know, one of his slogans is more than an athlete. Um, He's always about change, and he's always about advancement. So for, for people to come at him saying, you know, LeBron James side, you know, doesn't care about uh, freedom of speech, this, that, and the third, to me is, is, is laughable. Now, yes, I do think LeBron James misspoke. I do think LeBron James could have worded some things differently. I do think it does look like, it, it sounded like LeBron James was talking about financial pieces, uh, or financial gains and losses, which is not what you want to talk about. But I do know that LeBron James has a track record of hmm, of activism. So to question LeBron James's. Uh, stance on on freedom of speech and stance on people empowerment is 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 laughable to me now one thing and the second thing i want to talk about and lebron james is right he didn't really say it but he kind of so the all right so adam silver had a meeting with some of the top players in the nba when they were over in China, probably LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving. I don't know if they were in the meeting, but I did know they did say they had a meeting with top prominent players. And they were saying, yo, why am I 
why do we have to speak for someone or speak for a topic or an issue that had nothing to do with us? As in, Daryl Morey was the one that sent the tweet. Why is Daryl Morey not in front of this? Why, why are you leaving it to the players to, uh, to step in front of this and, and, and speak on this? And, and it makes sense to me because... Again, if, 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 if LeBron James didn't tweet it, if Kyrie didn't tweet it, if Kevin Durant didn't tweet it, why are they forced to talk about it? And Daryl Morey, I mean, not Daryl Morey, Adam Saver kind of shut that down like, yo, I, was, I let you talk about police reform. I let you talk about this, that, and the third. You know, you're, gonna, you're not going to talk about it. So I do want to, like, Daryl Morey should be the favorite. I'm not saying, and I, and I said this last episode, I'm not saying Daryl Morey should be fired. But what I am saying is Daryl Moore should be the one fielding all these questions, doing all these interview, interviews, because he, call, he is costing the, inter, I mean, the NBA tens of millions of dollars, especially if China ceases, ceases a partnership with the NBA. Not only does that affect the NBA, but that affects players. That have uh, that affects LeBron James. That affects Stephen Curry. That affects affects so many people in the NBA. But the, yet, Daryl Morey hasn't said anything. And I, I'm not saying someone should be fired, but I will say this: if a player did that, and a player was the one that affected the NBA's money like this, and affected multiple players' money like this, they would be out the league. I will say that if it was a player that caused all this turmoil for the NBA and China, they would be out the league. So keep that same energy when we're dealing and talking about someone like Daryl Morey. Again, I'm not saying he should be fired, but I, what, I, what I will say is the only time I heard, I heard Daryl Morey talk about this after it was a tweet. And to me, that's unacceptable. You should get in front of it because you were the one that caused all this. It shouldn't be LeBron James having to say what he has to say. It shouldn't be any player's prop or not problem, any player's obligation to say it. It should be the person that did it. So Darren Morey, say what you got to say, fix it because you're the one that is costing the NBA and a lot of these players millions upon millions of dollars. And there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. What a time to be alive in the DMV. Uh, let's go Nats. Uh, we're still, again, waiting on the winner of the uh, Yankees and the Astros. I kind of want to see the Yankees more than the Astros because the Astros, they, they're loaded at almost every position. So, again, shouts out to the Nationals. Shouts out to the Washington Mystics for winning the WNBA championship. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for listening. And until next week, much love.
second chance Turn the beat up on repeat and we could start to dance Sometimes when we're talking words get drowned out by the sound But let's get back to touch and we'll get back on solid ground Yeah, yeah, yeah. 